Good morning, church. This is Pastor Mims. I hope everyone had a great evening and a restful night and are waking up to a wonderful day that truly it's one that God has made. And the Bible says, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Um, I thank God for the opportunity to be able to uh, send this message out uh, for those that um, may not know. And and I encourage you to please uh, remind people that our services have been suspended temporarily just as a precautionary measure to make sure that everyone is safe. Um, it's important that we make sure to take care of not only our seniors and our young people, but everybody in the body of Christ. And so during this time, uh, we've moved some of our platforms to an online fashion. Uh, we have a Wednesday night Bible study that uh, happens uh, virtually. Uh, it's a conference call that I'll mention at the end of the message, um, as well as the sermons uh, where I'm sending out the sermon today as a push notification so you're receiving this but the hopes in in, in the future is that we can explore uh, live streaming and the coronavirus may be that opportunity that sort of prompts us to move our services to expand the reach for christ and so i thank each and every one of you all for your patience i thank you for your prayers your love and support for one another god has called us to, to a tremendous work and uh, it is without doubt Um, that he still is holding us accountable to go and share the message of Christ to those that don't know him. And so I just ask you to be encouraged, uh, to be patient, and let's continue to pray for one another. Uh, Let's give a word of prayer before the message. Lord, we just thank you right now for this opportunity to be able to bless you, to magnify you, to give you glory and honor. Uh, God, we know that the heavens declare your glory and the trees and the earth they speak of your greatness. And so, God, we desire today, even in the shelter-in-place order, we still are going to give you glory and honor. We still are going to call you our Lord and Savior. We just pray right now that your spirit and your wisdom, uh, that your anointing might descend upon our individual lives, wherever we may be. God, we just ask that you restore us to fill us from the inside out, that we might reflect your spirit, that others might see and hear our good works, but give you, our Father, glory in heaven. Lord, we just thank you for this moment and this opportunity. We give you all praise and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, everybody. Let's go into the sermon. Good morning. I just thank God for this opportunity to be able to share the good news of the gospel this morning. Uh, these past several weeks have been indescribable, and I know many of you have other descriptors, um, but the only comparison that I have is, is really from movies. Um, I spoke to my father this week, who's close to 80 years old, and he said that in all his 80 years, he's never witnessed anything close to what we've seen um, as the world is in lockdown. Um, I've had my own moments of reflection on what to do next, and in thinking about the lives and soul care for each of you, I've asked myself what changes will we have to make temporarily and what do we have to now get used to because it'll never be the same. You see, despite the sudden shifts in what we've had to do as a result of COVID-19 or this coronavirus, it's in these moments that we must turn to God's word for understanding. Old folks used to say it like this, is that his word never changes. It's the same yesterday as it is today, as it will be tomorrow. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16 uh, through 18 tells us to always be joyful, never stop praying, and be thankful in all circumstances. But here's a question. How can we be thankful for 
this virus or this lockdown or the sudden changes and alterations in our lives? How do we give God thanks in such uncertainty? You know, it reminded me this week of a book that I had read called The Hiding Place. Um, and, and, and the book itself, uh, Corey Ten Boom, the author, uh, relates an incident that taught her to be thankful for even the smallest of things. She and her sister Betsy were prisoners on the concentration camps under the rule of the Nazis, and they had just been moved from one concentration camp to the Ravensbrück concentration camp, one of the most deadly and violent camps, definitely an abuse of women that there was. And so upon, upon entering the barracks uh, where they would be staying, they found them extremely overcrowded and infested with fleas. You see, their scripture reading from the smuggled Bible that they were carrying that morning, it came from First Thessalonians. And it was a reminder to them to rejoice always and to pray constantly and give thanks in all circumstances. Betsy, who's Corey's sister, told Corey to stop complaining and give thanks to the Lord for every detail of their new living quarters. Yes, they were incarcerated. Yes, they were in a concentration camp. But her sister encouraged her, give thanks because God is in control. You see, Corey at first flatly refused to give thanks for the fleas. But Betsy, her sister, persisted. Corey, she said, you must agree to give God thanks. And so Corey finally consented and somehow gave thanks for the fleas. You see, during the months that they spent in the concentration camps, they were surprised to find out how openly they could hold Bible study and prayer meetings using the Bible that they had sort of smuggled in. And the Nazi guards, they never came back around. They, they would check on them occasionally, but for the most part, they didn't come by. It wasn't until several months later that Corey and Betsy learned that the Nazi guards, they didn't come to their barracks often because they themselves, the guards, couldn't stand the fleas. Wow. Corey was so distracted by the fleas that she had missed God's presence helping her to have time to lean on the scriptures and to strengthen her and others in such uncertain times. Here's the message that I have to those that are listening today as part of our message. Don't be distracted. Remember who you are and why you are there. Let me say that again. Don't be distracted. Remember who you are and why you are there. Wherever you are, remember why you're there. You see, the past few days, our family has been parked up in a hotel as we transition into new housing. And the other uh, day I was sitting on the corner of the lobby of the hotel, just kind of getting some reading in, trying to spend some quiet time. Um, I was practicing social distance, so I, I was keeping myself healthy. And the hotel manager came by and he and I started just a brief conversation about the hotel and how empty it was. It was just kind of general conversation. But as he walked away, he said the strangest thing to me. He said, he turned and, and, and he said, please keep me in your prayers. Mind you, I was wearing, you know, blue jeans as usual, a flannel shirt and a pair of tennis shoes. There was nothing about my outward appearance that said that I was a preacher or a person of prayer. I don't even recall in previous conversations that I had with him days prior, even talking about the gospel. But in that moment, here's the thing that I realized. I realized that I had become distracted by what was going on around me. The virus itself was taking me off focus. I was so focused on washing my hands that I forgot to stay focused on telling other people about the one who could wash the heart, who can make us clean. We're talking about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Again, I say, don't be distracted. Remember who you are and why you're there. 
I imagine you may have found yourself in similar situations these past few weeks. We call ourselves Christians, but maybe you struggle to explain this current situation to people who look up to you. Our kids, our grandkids, nieces and nephews, people are asking, what does this really mean? Is this God's punishment? Is this God bringing judgment on the world? Maybe you're struggling with questions of your own about what's going on. Do you find yourself feeling guilty sometimes that you have more questions and uncertainty than you do have faith that everything's going to be okay? You see, God must have known that we were going to struggle and get to this point. He may not have called it the coronavirus, but again, he, he left some breadcrumbs in the scriptures to help us to be reminded of how to come through these things, even in light of the coronavirus. Turn with you, if you have your Bibles, to the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. And let, let's kind of read the scripture and we'll go through it. You see, chapter, chapter 8, verse 1, it says, And Saul approving of their killing him, talking about Stephen. Stephen was um, the deacon, one of the de- first deacons that was called. He was executed by the Jews themselves. It says, And Saul approved of that killing. That day a severe persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria. Devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. So his brothers just kind of buried him, and they mourned and, 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 and quoted scripture and psalms around him. But Saul, who later becomes Paul, was ravaging the church by entering house after house, dragging off both men and women. He committed them to prison. Verse four and final verses, this is what I want to focus on. Now, those who were scattered went from place to place, proclaiming the word. Here's the thing. The Jews and the Christian disciples, they lived under the rule of the Roman government. It's kind of like you and I living in a local municipality, but ultimately we have to follow the laws of, of, of the county and the laws of the state. You see, Jesus at this point, just to kind of orient you, had been crucified, resurrected, and ascended into heaven. So the Roman authority figured by this point that Jesus guy is gone, that the church was on the ropes, and they figured the only thing left to do was to stamp out those remaining disciples. You see, just before chapter 8, the Bible says that God had added to the church believers mightily. But the sudden violent death of one of the first deacons it seemed like that would just put enough fear in place to silence the disciples who believed in Christ. You see, still with hatred and conviction in his heart to stamp out this Christian thing, Saul was going to, he was going from house to house, is what the scriptures say, looking for Christians to persecute and to imprison. But the Bible says in that verse four, the disciples scattered in every direction. They were going from place to place, spreading the good news, spreading the gospel. You see, this is considered the, the beginning of what's called the diaspora. The diaspora is the great spreading of the people of God, of the Jews, um, ultimately from Jerusalem, but also all, all the way outside of Israel. And that still exists today. You see, the scriptures say that those that were scattered went from place to place, proclaiming the word. Though Saul was going house to house, the disciples were going place to place, countering with the word of God and the good news. Here's the point. The distraction of death and persecution didn't deter them from being who they were wherever they went. They they were under the threat of the penalty of death, but yet the places that they went, they continued to be the disciples of Christ and they continue to share the good news wherever they went. 
The message for us today, I'm convinced, is that we cannot be distracted. Though there are alerts that come across the airways every 24 hours, there's new restrictions put in place. We cannot be distracted. We must remember who we are and why we are where we are. Whether we're in a hotel, whether we're confined to our home, whether we find ourselves in the grocery store, whether we are pumping gas, we must continue to share the good news because the world is looking for us to give them cues as to the reality of what's ahead. You see, when you look at the scriptures, the church from that chapter eight of Acts, it continued to grow. And so by Acts 11 and 25, one of the disciples, Barnabas, brought Saul, who at this point was converted to Christ, um, brought him back to Antioch. And the Bible says they taught and encouraged the church for over a year. The word for church here is ecclesia. It, 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 it refers to the people, not their physical location. Paul and Barnabas I mean, yeah, Paul and Barnabas, they came back to the church at Antioch and they began to teach. They didn't come back to a building. They came back to that congregation, the people. Remember, they were still scattered everywhere, but the church was still growing and alive. You see, here's the point. Because our physical doors are closed this morning, as you listen to this, the doors are locked at 1125 Harbor Street. But despite that, the church must still remain open. How is that possible? It's because you're the church. If the if you go to Safeway, guess what? The church is at Safeway. If you're at the Shell gas station or if you're, you're, you're walking down the street, the church is wherever you are. You are the church. You cannot be distracted. Remember who you are and why you are there. Again, don't be distracted. Remember who you are and why you're there. You may be asking yourself, how does this apply to me? Okay, Pastor, I hear all of that. What does that have to do, do with me? Why am, what am I supposed to do if I'm sheltered in place? The psalmist says this in, in Psalms 91 and 1. He says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Verses 5 and 6 says that you will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence, that, that virus, that, that disease and famine that stalks in darkness or the destruction that wastes at noonday. Recognize this is that we are in the shelter and protection of God himself. So we don't have to fear like others. If you stay in the will of God, nothing will happen to you that's outside of God's will. God is ultimately still in control. Secondly, you, you don't have to let your location determine your limitations. The church is located at 1125 Harbor Street, the physical building that we meet at. But you see, the building, when we come together on Sundays, it contains many churches because the church is the people, it's the ecclesia, it's those that are called out. The church is wherever you and I are. So we, we can't adopt the fear and gloom message that the world is consumed with right now. Remember that the, the examples that those first believers left, the uncertainty of their physical well-being didn't outpace the certainty of their faith in Jesus Christ. When the church scattered from Jerusalem after Stephen was stoned, they went every place, but they didn't go every place silently. They went every place proclaiming the good news that Jesus was alive, that he died, was buried and rose from the dead. He was alive. That was the great news. And it's good news today for those that are looking at life and saying, is there any hope? Is there any good news on the horizon? Is there any way for me to change from who I've always been, you know, in the muck and mire to become something glorious and called holy and righteous? 
That's the good news that we must share. And, and so during this time, I would say spend time in home Bible study, speaking life into the hearts and minds of those that are in shelter with you. It might be grandkids or nieces or nephews. It could be your own children. It could be one another, or you may need to speak into your own life. You see, as you go out for food and gas, remember that the people who are working during this time, they need to know that there's good news ahead. They need to know that Jesus Christ is alive and sits on the throne. We're the only ones bearing the message of Christ. We are the believers. We're, we're Christians. So you must not be silent or don't be driven by how you feel. You may not feel uh, like sharing or really getting out and being an encouragement to somebody, but you and I, we can't be distracted. We must never forget who we are and why we're there. If you find yourself in need of hearing good news, you may say, you know what, pastor, I hear you. Somebody forwarded this message to me. I don't really know Christ. I may not have a relationship with him. I still got some questions in mind. If you are or find yourself in that place, or if I'm talking to you or describing some things that have gone across your mind and you don't have a relationship with Christ, I encourage you to send me an email. In this time, this virtual reality that we're living in where things are now being forced onto the internet and airwaves and live streaming and email, let's take advantage to make sure that the communication doesn't stop. Send me an email if I'm speaking to you and you did not know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. My email is Pastor Mims, P-A-S-T-O-R-M-I-M-M-S at gmail.com. Or you can call me at the church at area code 925-439-2405. Again, that's area code 925-439-2405. We also have an incredible virtual Bible study happening on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you listen to this on the East Coast, remember it's Pacific Time, 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Um, if you have a phone, you're invited. That call-in number is area code 302 202 1108 302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-302-1108-
to have our being and to, to, to be who we were called to be. Don't be distracted. Remember who you are and why you are there. Let me close with a word of prayer with you. Lord, I just thank you right now for this opportunity to be able to share this message. Lord, I don't know who this message is going to go to. I don't know how it will, it will be forwarded, but I trust that you've given us this opportunity in this moment to proclaim your good news to all that don't know you. God, I just thank you in your sovereignty and your holiness. None of what is occurring right now is a surprise to you for it's under your divine providence. I just pray that you restore us from the inside out, God, for those that are struggling right now physically from ailments or sickness. I just pray, God, that you restore their bodies. If it be your will, God, fix them from the inside out, that they may give testimony to those that don't know you, that they may declare your goodness and your holiness to a world that is lost. God, we desire to be found faithful in your sight. We, we want to be faithful with the word that you put in our hearts. And God, we pray right now that you go before us to establish our footsteps, go and put down our pathways and give us confidence to know that the places that we should go, that we will go, you've already been. And so God, we give you the glory and the honor. And we just thank you for this day to be able to proclaim you as Lord and Savior sitting on the throne today in control of everything giving salvation to all that are willing to come towards you. God bless you. Amen. 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 Thank you, church. God bless you. And remember to take care of yourself. We'll talk with you on Wednesday night during our Bible study call. God bless you. Enjoy.